Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the LPN Show. Recorded both in Los Angeles and New York City. We're just, you know, here to hang out. Have a good time. All right. I'll talk to y'all after a while. Hey, everybody. How you doing today? I got my best boy. Oh, I got my best boy. No, I'm not talking about. We're not on no film set. You are here at the LPN show today. My name is Jackie Zabrowski. And here with me again, my best boy, Mr. Edward Larson. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, I mean, what else am I going to do? I see you Saturdays. Yep. So we had to keep the tradition alive. Yes, we have to keep the tradition alive. No matter how busy <laughs> we get, we see each other on Saturdays. It's like on Wednesdays we wear pink, except on Saturdays we drink too much. Because Ed and I are in a quarantine together. That's right. That's right. Quarantine, baby. What? What? Who? 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 I got my Dolphins jerseys behind me. You do. I got my headband on. Fucking stopping the sweat from getting in my eyeballs. <laughs> I'm fucking. Oh my I'm God. ready to be hype. Are you? Are you razzmatazz right now? Yeah, I'm baby. scared of you right now. I like how scared I am of you. It's been really good. I I feel like an hour quarantine. So our quarantine exists. It is. Me and my partner, it is Eddie and his fiance, and it is Natalie and Henry Zabrowski. And the six of us see each other once a week, far away from each other, in an outdoor space. And I gotta mm. say, it's what's been getting me through the quarantine, is just sitting with you guys and talking about whatever the fuck comes across our brains. I have to say, I feel like I haven't seen you this much since we did Roundtable. No, this is we are forcing each other <laughs> to look at each other once a week, which is great. We all live within walking distance of each other. We should look at each other. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been, I, I feel like it's something about quarantine that is helping at least some people. Like, I'm also talking on Zoom way more to people than I I ever have before people that I love and care about. And now I'm actually making an effort to have conversations with them. Do you find yourself? See, Ed, you're always very good at staying in contact with people. But do you think that this is helping you stay more in contact with people? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I'm talking to my Aunt Patty weekly. <laughs> I'm, I'm calling. I, I have a better relationship with my father than I've had in Decades, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> and so it's been uh, it's been cool. I've actually uh, to, to say positive about it. It's like it's weird because some people I haven't talked to at all. 
Yeah. Which is which is weird, but like, you know, other people I like focus on the couple people and then I stay really in touch with them for a little while and then, you know, I move on. My my brothers, uh I, my my childhood friends, I've been talking to them too, the two guys, mm-hmm. um, David and Corey. I talk to them like every day and we like always grill each other on what's horrible in the world. And make sure we're like all having aligning opinions. And like- you have to. You got to make sure that everybody lines up because I feel like this. If there is a time period, it is now to finally open up the the layers that are inside of us to talk about the things that actually mean something, as opposed to what we usually do, which is just try to make each other laugh, which is great, and it's a huge I part of friendship. That. I love laugh. It's so funny because like I'll hang out with uh, with our quarantine. And Julie, uh, like, uh, like full disclosure, she'll be like, well, we never do anything. I was like, yeah, we talk and we hang out and we listen to music. And she's like, yeah, but we don't play any games. I was like, that's because we're entertaining. <laughs> we <don't- laughs> it was so funny. The look, the look of, I'm not, I don't want to use disdain, but Julie brought over a big, bigger than life yard dice. And in in theory, yeah. that is, that sounds great. We're sitting in a backyard. We may as well. But the Zabrowskis, and I'm going to go ahead and say the Ed Larson, are not particularly game people. No, I want to talk to you. You know, and if I'm playing a game, I want it to be a game where we talk to each other. You know? Yes. And I don't want to have to, like, worry about winners and losers and competition. I feel like games are, like, what starts fights. I don't know. <laughs> this is the thing. I, unfortunately, I can openly say, full dis- you were going to say full disclosure here. I am a 33-year-old woman that does not have the patience for games or has the um, over... I'm just too much of a bitch. And I immediately get angry. I've got too much of anger management problems to really play games to the point that I I tried again last year. I tried to play Cranium with a group of people. Uh And I almost flipped the board off of the table. And this is Cranium. It's Cranium. It's because we were playing... Oh, it was that, it, you know in Cradium that you get the things where it's like, oh, hum a tune. And you have to hum the tune of the song. I don't ever play Cranium. Cra- Technically, Cranium is fun on paper, <laughs> I guess. And it was humming a tune, and I forget what tune I was humming. And the dude didn't get it. And he said, aren't you supposed to be an entertainer? Aren't you supposed to be good at these kind of things? And I thought I was, and I haven't been that close to like throwing a glass against the wall in 10 years i can't play games do you feel this way when you play games i just would rather not usually you know like you know there's a lot of like games where you have to like pretend to be a werewolf or something Mm -hmm. like that and it's just like why are we all we all love each other why are we sitting around lying to each other (laughs) that's a great way to describe (laughs) playing games at all why are we sitting around lying to each other (laughs) it's such a negative way to say it Not only do I not want to lie to you, I don't want to show you what I look like when I lie. Yes, no. <laughs> I'm giving away too much. Too much. And, we are, and we've known each other. We are best friends for a very long time, and I still don't want to see it. I also don't want no, you to, exactly. I don't want to watch you howl at the moon either, if that's what you're going to do, unless we're on stage. And then it's fine. Yeah, no. Oh, God, man. 
how I miss the stage. I know, man. There's a lot of things that I think everybody misses in quarantine, but I do. I didn't realize how much I miss the sound of people's laughter. And is that a mm-hmm. is that an insane thing to say? I miss the no. sound of laughter. Well, we used to do it an insane amount. We used to get on. We used to do murder fist like twelve times a month. Like at least yes, and then we and then the other nights we'd write and rehearse. Yes, you know we'd have like two nights off, like maybe, maybe if, if we were not lucky. even two nights off. This is I think it's interesting whenever I so the person that I date is not in the same friend group as us. He's from an outer friend group that was brought in, and I'd never really mm-hmm. dated anybody that wasn't around us and our friend family group throughout our 20s because we all worked together all of my best friends and I worked together for 12 years and so we saw each other six days out of the week seven days out of the week and most people our age don't have these relationships with people to this extent because not only were we best friends but we also worked together that I feel sometimes that if I didn't continue on and work with my friends for the rest of my life, I don't think that I would be able to work in any other environment than with my (laughs) friends. Because even when I worked at a pie shop for eight years, I still worked with my friends. Yes, yes. And, you know, you had a lot of swing in that pie shop. Yeah, I had a lot of swing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That just sounds like I'm pulling out my cock and putting it in all the pies. (laughs) Well, that's how you make them. (laughs) The jam pies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you jam jam it right in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. Cum jam pie actually sounds good. Uh, Yeah. It sounds very sweet, but you know, I'd get into it. Do you find that though, now that we're in our 30s, that it's like it would be almost unbelievable to not to work with anyone that didn't know us? I get nervous sometimes when I meet new people because it's just like, if you don't understand what goes on inside my brain, I'm an insane person. I got a lot of like, I got a lot of, I'm going to say kooky thoughts that put, but once you figure it out though, it's easy to follow your kooky thoughts. This is the thing. Yeah. When people read my you're, Instagram you're, not captions, to, not to not an insult. You I, know, d- but, I don't like, take you know, it as such. Rel- relatively predictable person. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Down to what makes me almost violently angry. Although I don't get to that point anymore, Ed. I work on it. I'm in therapy. I talk. I did not call you violent. I called you predictable. Oh, I, hate, I think that's even both. worse. <laughs> I'm not. I'm I'm kooky. I'm a I'm a dream bird. All right, you bastard. I'm unpredictable. Yeah, but I work with people outside of our group all the time, mm-hmm. and it is very interesting to watch. First of all, like it's uh, it always drives me crazy because like if I work with like Comedy Central or Netflix or something, they all take my opinion way more serious than any of you. And so it's always it's uh, whenever I come back to work with you guys again, I was like, God damn it, just listen to me. Listen to me. <laughs> I know things. <laughs> I know how to do things. <laughs> And so it's always very interesting. But at the same time, nothing's like working with you guys. Yes. Nothing's like, no, like round table and brighter side is therapy uh, for me. Every time I get to do this, uh, any show with you, page seven or 
uh, Japanese dating. It's just like it puts me in a better place emotionally and mentally. And it's the only that's the only work that does that for me. Me too. Everything else is just hard and I can't wait for it to be over. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, I mean, that's just, you know, that's just our day's work. That's just how it goes. Mm -hmm. I do want to ask you a question about your new fashion choices. Now, this is something that I'm very interested in. So Ed has been, I mean, he was already formulating his new fashion ideology before quarantine started, but I feel that quarantine has really locked you and loaded into a new life of Ed Larson. Would you talk about your fashion choices a little bit? I I just want to be, I want people to see me and smile. You know, and like that's kind of like where my fashion choices go for. Mm-hmm. And I need to be comfortable. And so if I could put those two things together, so I'm doing a lot of track suits. I got my new my new headbands. It's a new thing I've been doing I like a the lot. Headbands. I don't know why I would you would think it'd be really aggravating and annoying, but they kind of just work on me for some reason. I think it's because I look like you know, Charlie Daniels, you know, like, yes, when and he I, was think my age. I think that your head is big enough <laughs> that it provides enough of a pop of color for you that is really mm-hmm. desperately needed now that you're not wearing your Dolphins jerseys as much. I mean, I got them right behind me. I got a new Dolphins jersey, actually. I've been, I've actually regressed. I stopped wearing my Dolphins I know. clothes. I it completely and then i'm kind of going back to the dolphins jerseys because it helps with the bright colors and the jerseys are fun i don't even care about football anymore full disclosure bombshell uh, news i could give a fuck about football in fact i probably hate it oh my is it because there's way more important things (laughs) going on (laughs) yeah that like i was like i like you was abused playing football yes you know when i was a kid and so it was just like and like dealing like realizing that now and then just like watching people play football and the fucking CTE nightmare and all this shit and then like it becoming politicized I'm like I could give a fuck all this shit I watched fo- last two seasons since I moved to LA I probably watched football a combined nine times and I gotta tell you it's nice to have my fucking Sundays back dude welcome you know? back <laughs> like it's just nice to chill on a Sunday and not be drunk and like hammered on drunk on junk food by 2 p.m you know it's a it's a much better way to live your life you just wake up and you know what and it's not even a choice i like literally wake up and forget that it's on until like the game's almost until someone texts me dolphins or something like that or like sucking today i'm like oh yeah that's right there's a game on so do you think that this was a gradual change over time like when did you really decide to stop watching football like the last no since i moved to la maybe the last year in new york too you know, roundtable was always hard to like watch football and do roundtable because we always recorded on Sundays. Yes, and so I didn't. And then it got the first couple of years of roundtable. You know, we showed up blackout drunk and did the it show. Certainly didn't matter. Yes, so for for many years we did the show yeah. blackout drunk. <laughs> but the last year of roundtable, I started to like get into the mode. It's like, oh, maybe I should have some cognizance to what I'm saying. Whoa. And so <laughs> so I stopped showing up so drunk all the time. And then so I stopped watching football because I like equated football with booze and wings. And not only was I saving money, I was in a better mood. I was funnier. And I was just like, what am I doing to myself? I really, I still love the Dolphins because it's like a big part of my childhood. 
and you know i'm like and i'm happy for them but the thing is they suck on a regular basis so i'm like literally just watching something to put me in a bad mood yeah. for some reason even though i'm not playing it's not like if there's a bad episode of Sopranos, I'd get in a bad mood. It's like so. It's like why am I like why am I putting so much stake into these children who are like yes. they're so they're so they're like twenty four years old. Yeah, and it's just like and it's like I'm a decade older than these people. What am and I doing? Like, why why do I look up to them with such esteem? They've accomplished nothing except for i mean they've accomplished a lot don't get me wrong I mean, like because football is very difficult and it's a lot of work you know anyone who says they're playing a game for a living you can only do it for so long before you have to retire because your body is torn apart yeah and it's miserable and aaron hernandez cte that shit's crazy yes. i think it's finally starting to like realize and sit in in my head i was taught i don't know if i ever told you this i was taught to hit with my face like, that's how I was taught. You put your face mask and you drill it through their head and you knock them out. That's, like, literally what I was taught. Why? To knock them out. To beat the shit out of them. And, like, so it was, like, literally how, as a child, I was taught to play football. was to hit with my head. And so, and now knowing that that, like, fucking damaged me. And, like, and everyone was just, like, lined up for it. It's crazy. Yeah. I think it's, 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 I've totally flipped on football. And uh, I remember I was going to, like work on a podcast with Kissel about football and then like I had like an emotional meltdown about it and I was like you know what I don't want to do this because I'm not going to sit here and fucking praise the NFL like it's a great thing right it needs it's it's awful it needs to end football is a culture condones violence and and like it, it muzzles people's opinions yes it condones violence it, it covers up domestic abuse yes and it fucking it, it's just like and it's an evil organization that teaches it tells little kids that they're going to war when the truth is we're just trying to play a fucking game it's just a game it's hard it goes back to the games we were just talking about play cranium instead you know you yeah. can't win you know millions but uh you can at least smile for a little bit of time so ed this is actually the the same weird realization that i've been having that people have been listening to on page seven that i've been having a big difficulty in the idolization of celebrities currently and realizing well, that's like your whole game though yes and this is something that i've been openly talking about on the show to create a conversation where like you were just talking about with sports it's been really difficult for me where for a show that we do that i want to keep it positive i want to talk about the fun dumb things i want to talk about goops pussy candles like i think that that stuff is so ridiculous that it's funny but what it does and what that idolization does is that it hides the bad things that are going on systemically that are not going to change while all of us are still only talking about goops pussy candles it is absolutely it's a way of shifting where the headlight is shining using dumb bullshit articles that I love to talk about. So I've also been going through a weird mental breakdown about something that I love and something that I've built multiple shows around that I'm starting to not believe in and also not wanting to support anymore. But how do you not support something that's just going to keep going when all of these things are hidden and have been hidden for generations? Well, what's different from what you do in like, page six the difference between page six and page seven is that you actually like 
do what you care about. You talk about what, what you love. Right. You're not just, it's not just celebrity in general. You know, it's not Paul Rudd ate pizza. You know, that's page six. You know, like right. you you actually dive into the stories and you find the history of the things that you love and you want to share. So that's like, it's a, it's, it's a, why, that's why I like what you do as opposed to actual fucking entertainment fucking TMZ bullshit. That stuff is so it gets it's so invasive. It's it gets into, It's it's horrible. It's horrible how so many people have to live. And honestly, this is even silly. Watching there was this Hillary Duff breakdown when she was eight months pregnant, and she had a three year old at the time, and her husband was away uh, on business, and this these paparazzi were just sitting out front of her house for days and wouldn't leave wouldn't move and she felt like she was trapped she was alone pregnant and with a small child to a point that she came out front of her house and lost her mind it was just like yeah. take a fucking picture then you want the picture here's the picture get the fuck out of front of my house like all of that she's like i'm not even doing anything i can't even leave my fucking house and it's like the britney spears it's it's the mental breakdowns where we do this to people why do we have to push people to an extent where they truly where we watch them have breakdowns because we love to fucking destroy people that's a we love punishment this this country is obsessed with it and they just want to take people down and fucking punish them and it's disgusting in my opinion and i hate it because it's not how you make better people no it's not through like massive amounts of punishment you actually change people through nurture and care and you let them write their mistakes and you know so you you learn from everything you've ever done wrong in your life you know we have yes you know and, and like like i've done things that like round table is Especially, we joked about shit we would never joke about today. No, you know, and, and it's we're not, completely different people now. And, and it's not because we're scared; it's because we've grown. Yes, you know, and it's like, and it's like that's and that's what it is, and that's and that's also why I fucking I rule that roundtable fan page on on Facebook with an iron. You thumb. do a very good job. I go on there, and if I see misogynistic shit, even though we've said it in the show. I fucking I just delete it and kick the person out and fuck it because I was like it's a place of happiness you know yes. it's like you keep you know, that's it's, it should be positive energy going through and that's and that's only thing that we should be trying to deal with it's an escape you want to go flip out go flip out on CNN's page you know like we're this is a place where we get together and we talk about how stupid Holden's neck is yes exactly you know, like, and I wish there <laughs> are definitely times I wish that I could go back to my younger self and say. Say, hey, just because you are a fat girl doesn't mean that you have to shock everyone with what you say. It doesn't mean yeah. that you have to be the worst because you feel like you need to be worse to stand out. And that's not okay. It, it, I, I just hope that people that are younger, that it's like, just because you can be worse and you can say the worst thing you can even possibly think of doesn't make you funny. And it also doesn't mean that it's going to get you anywhere. It doesn't mean that anyone's going to look at you with a newfound respect. You need to figure your fucking shit out and grow the fuck up, which is what I wish I could say to myself 10 years ago. But you did. I did. You know, so you kind of did say it to yourself. Yeah. No one, I think, you know, I, could, I think I could pinpoint it. I would say it's somewhere around your second year of doing sex and other human activities. Like you fucking, you, you kind of like a, a, a light switched in your head and you, you got more confident and you got funnier and you got cooler and you got like, 
basically you just started working a lot harder yes and, you know, st- you know on yourself yeah. and not the fucking pie shop you know and so and it's cool i love it i love what you do and you're crushing it jackie you are and too eddie a, we're looking at our little glow up episode we got a little glow up <laughs> hey mom first things first thank you it's my one year anniversary of my decision to say yes i need help and yes i choose me and that's the miracle I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. <laughs> Speaking of glow up, now this, let's talk about something that will always make you smile. It's Rambo Talk. Yes, Aww. I am talking about Ed's fur baby Rambo. Do you think the how do you think that being a dog daddy has changed you and how has it changed you for the better? Well, I mean, I've always been obsessed with dogs. If someone has a dog, I'm playing with it. If I show I don't care if I go to your house and there's a dog that's friendly, I'm not even going to talk to you. I'm playing with the fucking <laughs> You dog. also got to see Ed. Oh, my God. I've got so many pictures of Ed and baby Wendy because I talk about my dog niece as if she's mine. And <laughs> Ed's hand is the size of Wendy. And so yeah. she at first I remember when Ed used to come over and Wendy would be a little scared because you are a lot bigger than she is. And she's used mm-hmm. to, you know, the only dude she was around is Henry, who is my height. And yeah. now she loses her mind whenever you're around because she knows that someone's actually going to play a little rough with her for a little bit and treat her like an actual dog for a second. You see, I'm not even playing rough. No. It's just the weight. Of, it's just the weight of my hand. <laughs> <laughs> I you know what I do with her is I act like I'm going to play rough and then I barely touch her. Yeah, she loves which she it. loves. When she loves, I was like, "Oh, Wendy, Wendy!" I get the high pitch voice. <laughs> Wendy, Wendy, who? See what I do. My Wendy voice is whenever I'm talking as Wendy. Oh, she talks like this. Oh, mummy and daddy. I don't want to be wet, mummy and daddy. Don't take me out into the rain. And I do. That's my Wendy voice. Hell yeah. But yeah, I love Rambo. It's really made me. I'll never not have a dog again. It was, I went too long without one. I grew up, I had three dogs as a child. And in college, my roommate had two dogs. So essentially I had two dogs. And then, uh, and then I went on a drought for like 15 years Doggy drought. and man, Rambo's the best. And you got to Here's my advice. You're getting a dog. First off, fuck that puppy shit. Don't get a, don't go buy a new expensive Never puppy. Never buy a dog. They're free. What are you doing? Like I hear about people it's like, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a beagle. He was comes from a prize winning family. He was twelve hundred dollars. She's like, what the fuck? Adopt. Rambo was a hundred and six dollars. Yes. He, 
he came. I put him in my house the day I got him. I put him in my house and I left, and he didn't piss in my house. Mm-hmm. That's when you you get a grown ass dog, and it's just a dog. And you know what? They know you saved their lives, and they love you so much. Oh my god, the pictures! The pictures of I lose myself sometimes of looking at dogs in adoption agencies, and then after they get adopted, and looking at the smiles on their faces. And there's a bunch of Reddit threats devoted to it. It it yeah. puts it, they smile. They smile from their soul. Rambo smiles. Me and Julie were talking about it last night. She's like, I don't know if you give him too many CBD treats. And I was like, he's smiling. Yeah. I don't know, you know. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't know. I'd be like, I'm getting stoned. Like father, like son. Yeah. Yeah. We're riding this out together. <laughs> well, also Rambo is older and he's got a lot of like knee, he's got a lot of joint problems. Keep him happy. Yeah. No, no, no. It's good for him. Except he doesn't really like the 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 treats anymore. He gets, ah, he's so finicky with his food. <laughs> Drives me crazy. <laughs> I have to get him new, different food all the time or he just won't eat. And like literally just look at me mad it's the only time he gets mad is when his food isn't fucking perfect and delicious i I mean so do i he's putting on some weight it's not good for his hips but man he's so happy and i love giving it to him so much i made a t-bone the other day up at jeff's and i fucking held the bone as he gnawed the fat off it man it was a great time i had such a wonderful time also rambo wears clothes and now rambo matches with ed sometimes it is um we are fully this is i think this might be the most los angeles conversation we've ever had because this we have fully decided we are just in the camp of like well i mean there's no kids around so i guess we're just gonna spoil the dogs yeah absolutely and i love matching my dog and i love us all in bright colors that was the thing that i did when i came to la from new york is I just went, I was slowly doing it in New York, but I just went all bright colors. I, I love it. I hardly wear black anymore unless it's like got a cool design on a t-shirt or some shit. Or if it's a fucking rock and roll funeral. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And Ed's track suits. Ed has cr- the uh, most amazing track suits. And not to, you know, not to uh piss all over Kissel's parade here. But I'm gonna go ahead and say go tracksuit v tracksuit, you're killing it. Way more well, than he is. The problem with Kissel's tracksuits is I need to talk to him too. I think you uh, need to have a tracksuit conversation with they're him. They're all velour. They're so heavy. They're so heavy he lives in LA now he's gotta get past it. It's nice. They look cool but you're going to sweat your ass off yes. in that thing. Yes, and you I gotta can get see the how light, hot he is. You got to get the light windbreaker types. Those are the ones where you can really stretch out and not sweat your ass off, but still have long sleeves and pants on. It's a much better way to live your life. Yeah, you got to wick it out. You got to wick it out. Now, another thing that you've been doing during quarantine that I'm, I'm very envious of is mm. you've been really diving into, diving into, making a shit fuck a seafood oh my god i went i spent 50 dollars on seafood this morning (laughs) yeah no i got my seafood guy i got my seafood guy i see him every saturday i spend 50 to 60 dollars every week and i just i just load up on on shrimps uh some crabs and and a bunch of fish and you know what because it's I've I've got free time. I'm cooking again. Yeah. Because I, I didn't cook for years. Yeah. And I love cooking. It was my fucking job for 16, 17 years of my life. And so I've been cooking again and it's wonderful. And I feel so good. And I and I, I, I got all this blackening seasoning from Chef Paul in Louisiana. Oh, I went like I went you know and got the all good the good stuff. I had mail me some shit and fucking and <laughs> and then I've been living. I've been living, boiling up. 
I'm going to make some, uh, I got some uh, grouper today. I'm going to broil some grouper, throw it on some sandwiches for some avocado. Fucking living life good. Dog. So are you, um, do you have any advice for people? Now I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. I'm not very good at cooking seafood. I overcook all of it. But you're I'm, a great cook. Oh, I you know can I'm overcook a great cook. It. Do you have any advice for people that are a little bit skittish about start venturing into the world of cooking seafood? Well, I mean, first of all, the easiest way to cook seafood is boils. If you want to do shrimp and clams and all that kind of stuff, just do seafood boils. That's the best. You just throw some, just cut up some potatoes and mix it and then throw some water and some Old Bay and a bunch of spices and shit and let that fucking simmer for a little bit. And when those potatoes start getting soft, then you start throwing in your other vegetables. And then when those are ready, then you put the shrimp and the other stuff on top of it. And you got yourself a nice little boil. And then you can cut it. You know what the best, a good trick for the boil is? Please. You grill up some sausages or you fry them in a frying pan if Mm -hmm. you don't have access to a grill and you get them real charred and then you cut them up and then you put those in the boil and that gets it real fatty and stupid. Yeah. And then whole lemon, like cut lemons in half, whole garlic cloves are really good in the boil because then when they come out, you just put them on a piece of shrimp and then you eat a whole garlic clove on a piece of shrimp. Garlic is very good for you. Were you around that Thanksgiving when we were so drunk and we were talking about how great um whole garlic cloves were for you so then after we ate we all ate a bunch of whole garlic cloves and then we threw up a bunch of wine and garlic cloves yeah yeah we it would that was back when i uh i used to have i was in this um this is an interesting story i have bad acid reflux and i recently just figured out how to fight it a meprazole baby um, every day every day it's the best two Pollocks here we know we know our indigestion yeah, but it took years for me to figure out that wine was was tearing me up. And so, like, every time I drank wine, I would get sick. Oh, yeah. And then I remember I used to be in this relationship, and every time we, like, had, like, a fancy night, we drink wine, and then, like, I get sick and throw up. And so, like... She thought I like was having problems with the commitment, but I was literally just sick <laughs> on wine. <laughs> no, baby, no. I just got to puke it out, baby. It's got nothing to do with I love you. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so, But uh, once I figured that, so I stopped drinking wine for a while. But now that I got a mesoprol in my life, I've been drinking wine again and- I love it. Ooh, I do. See, I go the old trashy route. I get my $5 bottle of wine. I pour it over ice, but only about a quarter of the way full. And then I put seltzer water in the rest of it. Oh, yeah, of course. That's the rosé style. Oh, man, I made some sangria for 4th of July. Did you have any of that? I didn't because it was red wine and I can't drink red, red wine. It was it was the red sangria, and then I fucking I put some sugies in it, and a bunch of apples and pears, and some triple sec, and some uh, I what they called for brandy, and I it's second time this has happened to me. I thought I had brandy, but I have sherry, and so I used the sherry. It was still good. Thank I'm God. sure it was. I think you got to start talking to old Brandy Man McNeely because the Brandy Man has been alive and well in the McNeely household, and I've been having to deal with the Brandy Man. The Brandy Man is an interesting character. The and, Brandy uh, Man will have to go away at some point. 
The Brandy Man can, baby. The Brandy Man can. It is an interesting. You know, it's fun to watch your friends go through these life cycles when all of a sudden you're like, oh, you're a Brandy Man now? Okay. We'll see how long this takes. Let's see how long this phase will last before your wife tries to leave you. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, one of the first things me and Holden ever talked about was how much he wanted to one day get into a fight with his wife and throw a glass of brandy into a fireplace. So uh, did he really say that? Oh no! Oh yeah, (laughs) we gotta get him a fireplace. (laughs) That is very scary. Yeah. So whenever he comes out here and he's staying at Henry's house with Lexi. And there's a new fireplace, and he's gonna fucking throw that fucking. Oh my god! <laughs> right into the fire. We'll give him. We'll try and give him like a a plastic cup. See if he can try and break it. No, so he it's doesn't hurt be. himself. You know. Oh no, no, you gotta. No, he has to hurt himself. That's, <laughs> That's how he thing. learns. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> and another thing, I really wanted to talk to you about, especially. Um, you've been killing it lately, and I've been trying to do the same thing, and I don't think that I ever will. But, Eddie, what? you've been making Spotify playlists. and Oh, yeah. You are killing the game with Spotify playlists. So I just made a Yacht Rocks and Smooth Grooves with Jackie playlist. Oh, man. All right. I'm glad you said something because boat music was going to be next Whoa, for me. So now right. I'll put the hold on that till August. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, we got, yeah, we got to start referencing each other and seeing when we're going to put out our playlist. Yeah, I don't, we're not trying, I'm not trying to compete here. No, you know? I don't want to compete. See, this is the problem though, is you're so good at curating them because when I made a play, so I was making the Yacht Rock playlist and I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to put all, I was like, I need a playlist that it's just the songs I want to hear when I'm in the mood to listen to a smooth groove. So Mm. I ended up accidentally making a playlist that is six and a half hours long. I didn't mean to. I just kept adding songs. You got to cap it at four hours. Otherwise, you know, no one's going to make two. That's the thing. You got two playlists there. You got two. You got two things to show to the world. You know, you split that baby in half. You got Yacht Rock one and Yacht Rock two. People are going to be excited for the sequel. You know, so you got it. You know, so don't, you know, throw all your clams in one clam bucket. (laughs) (laughs) but where else am i gonna put them that's what i use the clam bucket for you gotta get another clam bucket another clam bucket what am i i'm trying to think of any elon musk i was like i can't even think of one rich person elon Elon mollusk yeah (laughs) this is why we keep you around ed (laughs) don't chuck with them that's for damn sure (laughs) now ed do you have any good advice though again for making these playlists i feel like so watching you make your playlist i know that this is this might be deemed a dumb question Mm -hmm. but i get very inspired because i remember back in the day not to suck my own cock here, but mm. I was suck very it. good. I'm sucking it. No, 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 Yes, that's how I suck a cock. And yes, it's unfortunate. But <laughs> Jeff's like, stop making that sound. Oh, no, 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 no. Very, um, it's and it's gone. Goes right back up inside of him so fast. <laughs> Uh, I so I used to be very good at making mix CDs for people because I would also draw I would include the playlist on the outside of the CD, but then also draw throughout the the writing down the playlist. And I 
fancied myself. Like I knew how to start it. I would ramp it up and get it to a climax in the in the middle, and then I'd bring I'd taper it back down. Yeah. But you only had usually sixty minutes, minutes or yeah. seventy minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So you had to keep it high and tight. What are your what are you what are your pieces of advice for making the perfect Spotify playlist? You are because you really are the water park playlist, y'all. If you have not listened to it yet, go to Ed Larson's Spotify profile. I'm obsessed with the water park playlist. It's exactly what you want for a summer jams playlist. But then you also have a summer jams playlist. That's right. That's right. Summer jams is a different thing than water park music. Because when I'm at a water park, I want to be partying. I want, I want, I want, I want you getting the party started. Oh yeah. At a, at a, at a water park, summer jams, you could be by yourself. Ooh. You know, you could be on, you could be on your porch, just sitting there sweating into your own tits. And I usually you know, am. That, yeah, me too. I'm right now. I'm by breasts. <laughs> Uh, here, I'll show you. The- oh yeah, we're, <laughs> we get. If there's one thing that if you guys don't uh, record anything yourself, you get really good at being sweaty in yeah. your <laughs> line. Yeah, it's, it's. I think also what I think it's what I do to relax me. Mm. It helps me like turn my brain off in a certain way. If I'm making a playlist, it's just, it's so weird because I feel like an idiot talking about it because I'm just putting songs in a row, you know, when you break it down. But like, I always, like, I always try to like curate moods. I do playlists by moods, not genres. Uh, I think that's important because I like to put all genres in my playlist. And I think it's also important that you, you put the songs you want and then you sit down with it. First of all, you keep it private till you're ready to. Oh, I hear until you're ready to unveil it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the order is so important. And I just sit there and I listen to the beginning and end of every song and I make sure they flow into each other because it's it makes all the difference. And if if you're forcing songs in there, what I do, if I if I worry that I'm forcing too many songs in there that don't necessarily flow, I just put a little heart on it. And then I move it to my like songs and I'll just use that song on a different playlist Ooh. later on. So don't worry about it. You'll get to it. And then you have this whole other list of just music that you like that's random as fuck. And so you get to live off of that. You know, fuck so it's yeah. a yeah, so it's a good way to go through it. And I just feel like you have to like be you have it has to relax you. Yes. It has to be something that like makes you peaceful. Otherwise, if it's work, don't do it. You know, if it's work for you, don't do it. But for me, like listening to music and putting it in order and sharing it with people I love, it, like to me, that's I've been doing that since I found weed. And I just like, <laughs> no, because I miss sitting around and listening to music with you. That's one of my favorite things. That's why I love these playlists. Because I don't know about you, but I've been doing this through quarantine where I've been making playlists for specific people. And sending mm-hmm. it to them, being like, "Oh, I just put this together for you," and I've been doing these little private playlists to send to people because it's like it's just a nice way to say, "Hey, I'm thinking about you." Yeah, no, that is really sweet because you have songs with people. Yes, I do have one playlist that I do with my buddy, and he sent me. He always sends me music, and I never get to it, and so I just look through. I just took a day and I looked through all of our text messages. And I took every song he ever sent me and I put it on one playlist. That's awesome. And then, and then I added just as many songs and sent it to him. And so now Aww. if you listen to it on random, now we listen to each other's music That's and learn adorable. about it. That's adorable. I lo- yeah, See, yeah, this, yeah. Is a, this is what I mean. There's ways, there are free ways 
for us to feel close with each other. There's still things that we can do like that. That is such a beautiful little gift and also a little snapshot of y'all's friendship as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it lives there forever. And also, I cheat a lot because I just got on the Spotify train because when we all, when LPN moved over to Spotify, I was like, all right, I guess I got to join Spotify or else I can't hear my own voice. And so, uh, and so I, but I didn't want to lose my Napster because I got like six years of fucking playlists over there. So now I got two fucking full on music services. And Spotify literally is just for me to share with fans that's and great people who listen to the show and friends because that's where everyone and then the napster shit that's that's for me those are for me i play those when i'm alone i got a big list of like i i investigate i'm always trying to figure out new music by the way big new music week margo price margo price album is fucking unreal. amazing yeah, and uh, Animal Collective, big new music week. You know, Which I can't so, so even believe like, Animal Collective is still putting music out. Yeah, no, they're 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 in it to win it. Fuck yeah, yeah. good for them. Yeah, so I, I haven't listened to it, that album yet, but I'm very excited to. Because I've been stuck on this My Morning Jacket. It's so relaxing. Ooh, okay, and I'll listen just to like, it. It is literally, you want to sit on your porch and stare into the nothing. Always. And fucking forget that you're a human. Yes. This new My Morning Jacket album <laughs> is for that. Thank the you. The Margo Price is fucking, it's, it's I mean, you know, fight the just... man. I got to better myself. Fuck and, yeah. And, you know, I got to just be sexy while pregnant somehow. She's, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't with her. I just, I can't even look at pictures of her sometimes. I'm like, I don't even want to sexualize how amazing of a human being you are. But, wow. Have you been listening to her radio show? No. She put out, she has this new YouTube radio show. She's done like six episodes called Runaway Horses. You got to get into it. Okay. She did two, her first two episodes were just about John Prine. And yeah, she mean, like interviewed his family and ugh. stuff like that because she used to she used to he was, he was like her mentor. Yes. And so it's so the first two episodes are just about John Prine. And I didn't really know much about John Prine. And now I like fucking love him. I love this, John I Prine. hate when this happens to me when I discover right, when someone die? right after they die. Happened to me with Warren Zevon, too. Oh, I didn't like it. it didn't, I didn't know. I just knew Werewolves of London. and I loved it. And I just didn't care to like look, look into the rest into of it. it. Yeah, and like and Leonard Cohen as well. I mean, I knew some Leonard Cohen, but like after he died, obviously you you go into it deeper. But it's just right. like, man, I fucking missed the boat on John Prine. I would have loved to have seen his ass. Well, now you got to just jump up. But you're so good. You stay on top of so many people that you listen to and follow the career of, which is why I love deferring to you when I'm just like, Ed, what do I need to listen to? Yeah, I love new music, and I think it's so important. I think that I hate most pop music so it's hard for me to like and i know you're really into pop music this is yes and so i'm not really that into pop but i get i want to i give everything a chance you know like you know i'm not into pop but you know janelle monet and lizzo and i'll start sending you pop that i think you would like because there is a lot of it out there that i think that you would enjoy Ari Lennox. Oh my God. I Ooh, love her. Yeah. You know, who she she was the one who opened for Lizzo when we saw her. Yes, I know. The one, she was all pregnant, just talking about fucking. Yeah. And it was the best. Yeah. I was like, he was like, you know, you know, you, you know, know exactly what you, what you do. I love yeah, it. Yeah. You are physical proof that you love the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I hope somebody says that about me someday. I'm excited for it. Addiction plays hardball he would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. 
I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now, Ed, I do want to talk about, now, if you're listening to this, I'm sure that you're well aware that oh, that Ed is an amazing host of the great show, The Brighter Side, on LPN, which I know that in similar to what I've been, the journey I've been going through with Page 7 as well, it's got to be difficult during all of this to find the brighter side of a lot of what is going on. But one brighter side of of all of the cumulative work you've been doing over all of these years is the project that's going to be coming out, you said, in about 10 days time from now that I would really like to talk about. Yes. Uh, it's a, I've been working on a documentary about my mom called How America Killed My Mother. And we had it rough. And basically, I'm not the movie isn't coming out in 10 days. We're, I'm dropping the trailer in 10 days. Uh, a little bit less. My mom, I'll, I'll be, you'll, you will read a big sappy post. But um, my mom died on July 19th, uh, 2016. And so I was going to release the trailer on that day, the day after, because it's a Monday. And I know she died on the 19th, but, you know, we got to know when your audience you gotta know when the audience is looking at it (laughs) she'll understand (laughs) and so i'm i'm gonna put the trailer out and we submitted to a bunch of festivals it's a 40 minute film that i worked on for three years with travis irvine who made kissel's documentary hell yourself and american mayor uh he also ran for uh, governor of Ohio last year as part of the reason why the movie was put on such a back burner for a long time. But um, basically, it's me trying to figure out all the things that led up to my mother's death. And I'm an only child. My parents are divorced. And so it was just me and my mom for a real long time. And basically, I was a comedian in New York and she was working at a nursing home and she had type 1 diabetes and it was she was a brittle diabetic and uh it all just like led to her demise and she also through that uh developed a, a gambling problem uh trying to get herself out of the hole cuz she lived so close to Atlantic City that you know she used to gamble uh when uh she needed money for bills and that you know always backfires right but the thing is it worked once and so when it works once, it becomes an option. That's the and, system. That's what happens. And it, and it fucking crippled us as a relationship. And just when I started to succeed in comedy uh, is when she got at her worst. And I had to, like, take all the money I made off of the burn uh, with Jeff, the TV show on Comedy Central. And I'd have to, like, throw it to Trump Casino in fucking in, in Atlantic City because my mom would would go and uh 
and uh, and, and uh, gamble too much. And the problem is, and why she would do it, and a lot of people I understand will be like, "Oh, it's her fault." You know, she was a grown woman; it's she an can make a choice. It's an addiction, and not just that. Uh, there has been. Uh, we don't really touch on this in the documentary that much because there's no real solid proof, but I talked to a couple of gambling experts and there are links to brain damage and excessive gambling. Uh, people who get into car accidents and stuff like that mm-hmm. become compulsive gamblers and they don't, you know, and they, so there is this link between brain damage and compulsive gambling. And my mom, her sugar used to drop and Jackie, you knew my mom. Uh, her sugar used to drop all the fucking time. Yes. You know, just all of a sudden, like, she just starts shaking. You got to give her some orange juice yes. or some candy or some shit. You remember that one time we got trapped at your house for two hours? I remember because she couldn't move and because she needed yeah. to wait for her blood sugar to regulate. Yeah. And every time that happens to you, it gives you brain damage. And so for 35 years, you know, that was happening. And so, like, and it, and it was just stuff like that. And then she would just get bogged down with overdraft fees at the bank and those pile on, you know, it's like, you know, you, next thing you know, you got thousands of dollars in these fucking fees that are being taken from the poorest people in this country. And then you, you start getting loans on your, on your, you know, payday loans. And it just, you, it just gets too deep. And then. Well, I remember you telling me it, about the casinos and how they are allowed to accept bad checks as well. Yes. Because. They prefer that be bad. They make more because, money that way. Yeah, because then you got to pay three bounce check fees. And then the casinos, the Trump casino, what they used to fucking do is like you could bounce a check three times. So you could deposit the check and it bounces three times. And then my mom would get a a fine from the bank and then a fine from the casino each time it bounced. And then Trump casino figured out that you could submit the check three times electronically and then three times physically. So they were depositing them six times. And so, I mean, like at $50 a pop, six times, you know, that's $300. And then there's like multiple fucking checks, you know, and then you're not even minusing the money the check's for. Like, it's just like, it it got to be too much. And then, you know, her work changed insurances and they, she had this blood sugar monitoring machine where it would monitor her blood sugar. It wasn't like a pump. It was like just a machine that like. If her sugar started to go down, it would beep and she knew to eat some candy. Mm. But her job changed insurance companies and they had and we had to give it back or fork up eight hundred bucks. They took then, away an important machine that she needed for her life. Yeah. Because her yeah, insurance they, changed. Yeah. And like you can keep it if you come up with eight hundred bucks, but eight hundred bucks must have might as well have been twenty grand back then. Yeah, You know, like there was no, I was Still. making $10 an hour. She was making $10 an hour. You know, it was like, no, it wasn't an option. We couldn't find $800. And so we, she gave the machine back and then, you know, then she, her sugar dropped and she was sleeping and she didn't wake up, you know? And so it's just like, it's all these things that led to like what happened to her. And I imagine she's not even close to the only one. Of course and not. So, and so it's just like, we are as a society, we pick on each other yeah. and we prey on the weak. And then the other people don't know that the weak are being preyed on because they're, they're too busy try- and also try- and busy trying to keep their own heads above water. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's embarrassing. You know, they could be like, oh, I can't come because I can't bring cupcakes, you know? So like you don't go to dinners and you isolate yourself. 
and then you try to get out of the hole and you fucking go gamble again or some stupid shit because your brain ain't working right. And then so it's just like it was a horrible turn of events. And I always feel guilty for not moving back in with her, but I was trying to do comedy. I was trying to, I just started to see success. Yes. I wasn't, I you couldn't, couldn't stop I didn't, then. you know, and so it was just, it was, it was a horrible catch 22. And then, you know, one night she just doesn't wake up and I have to imagine this is not uncommon. And so I took the money from her uh, insurance, her life insurance, and I made this movie. And because I wanted people to like know that this happens, yes. And and it's you know, if you see it happen, and stop it. And I think that you know, thing facts are facts. Gambling is gambling. Overdraft fees are overdraft fees. Bounce checks are bounce checks. Insurance companies and medicine. The price. Don't even get me fucking started on the price of insulin. And it's just you know, it costs sixteen thousand dollars a year to be a diabetic. Jesus That's an absurd Christ. amount of money. She's making thirty. Yeah. Like, it's how like, is she so supposed to live? How is she? Yeah. And then your car gets taken away, and then and then everything that you that you she was can riding finance. the bus and walking, and the fucking it was it was insane the amount of shit that that woman went through. She worked every Christmas and Thanksgiving. You know, it was impossible. And so you know, it, it was it was extremely fucked up. And the good thing that came out of it though is because I wanted to go through everything that happened to my mom and. The one thing on it was like, I had to like go talk to my dad again because they got divorced. He was not good to her. Mm -hmm. Uh, he took a lot of her money, took a lot of, took a lot of my money and he kind of, and he split and he got married again and he never paid alimony and he kind of gave her this gambling habit. And so I, you know, and we didn't talk for 15 years. And so I reconciled with him. And I have to say, what I thought was impossible was very easy, and I love it, and I'm so happy to be his friend again. Yeah. It, it's just like, because it's like, why the fuck, like, why hold the grudge? And I'm to be honest, I, he'll probably fucking listen to this, but like, to be honest, like, I'm closer to my Aunt Donna and like your mom even than I am with my own father. Yeah. But you know, at the same time, we have a good relationship again, a decent relationship. Also, where we don't like fucking said, hate each other. The grudge. It is the, it's the anger that you were at least dealing with in the present time before it's too late, which is something yeah. that I think that we all that talk. That is a brighter side of even, you know, your relationship might never be, you know, you might not be buddy and hutch. Those people it's don't It's never going to be perfect again. But, but at the same time, we don't fucking hate each other, and we can just smile when we talk to each other. And I visited them, you yeah. know, occasionally. And so it's, it, it's, it's, you're better off having a father than not having a father, even if you're shitty, I've learned. And unless, you know, he's a fucking abusive criminal. Then cut but him my out of your know, fucking life, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, they're, they're, every situation's different, but luckily in mine, we were able to reconcile. And it fucking feels great. And that's kind of the message of the movie. If I was able to do that, like if I was able to like forgive my father, you know, maybe like banks can take a harder look at overdraft fees. Yeah. You know, and like casinos could not take bad checks from desperate people. You know, it's like if I can like find it in my heart to forgive that dude, you cannot like shut people down. Yes. Like that. And I think that's that is just kind of the statement of the movie. It's like it's political without being political. Right. Um, our a lot of our friends helped out when making it. Uh 
I got, you know, I got some clips of Roundtable in there. I got some clips of Brighter Side. Uh, Danny Bedrosian from P-Funk uh, donated a couple songs. Our buddy Ryland Blackington scored up some songs for, for some moments for me. And, you know, it's been... It, it it has been very hard to work on during quarantine. Of course. Because, like, it has been, like, like being lonely and then having to, like, you know edit a movie about your dead mother <laughs> like like in the middle of quarantine yeah was really emotionally taxing especially during you know all the other shit that was going on with the country not beyond quarantine with you know i mean that's still going on with people marching in the streets and fucking setting fire to our town and you know and like not for that change I don't, just, to listen for change yeah it, and it's like oh it's like and I do have a, and like, we have a similar message, you know? So it's, uh, it's been very difficult emotionally. I'm so happy that I don't have to physically work on it, but now I just have to fucking talk about it all the time. I know. And so well, thank you for <laughs> so talking the next part. to me about it because I really, I, I, I'm excited for other people to be able to watch it. And I'm excited for people to even watch the trailer and, and if you, you know, where are you sending it out? What kind of film festivals? Do you want more people to send you information of other places for you to send it? Absolutely. I mean, I got to fucking sell this movie. You know, I got to, you yeah. know, I got to, I got to get people to see it. You know, more importantly, it's, uh, I've sent it out to 10 festivals. Uh, hopefully those work. You know, I don't, who the fuck knows, you know, what they're accepting or if I even did it right, you know, so you know, so hopefully that works out. But I have no idea what I'm fucking gonna do with this movie. But uh, so. But it's... you needed to make it, and this is, and I'm so proud of you because this is this is not an easy thing to do, and I'm really proud of you for using your pain to get the word out. I'm not even saying it properly, but I just want to say that I love you and I'm proud of you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Hopefully, I didn't. Make a horrible investment. And yeah, and if you did, you know what? Money's already gone. Money's already, you is, already did. It <laughs> you can't lament true. the past. <laughs> I made a choice. I made a choice. And oh my God. Did I ever tell you what happened with the insurance money? This isn't in the movie because I didn't know how to fucking tell this story. Uh, with my mom's life insurance, she had a $60,000 policy. And the week she died, I didn't know this because she was keeping it a fucking secret. In and out of the hospital, fucking her emotions were a mess. She was a wreck. She fucking three days before, four days before she died, she uh, sent in and had her life insurance cut in half to save $20 a month. And so, and, and it, she obviously wasn't in the right state of mind because it was the week that she died and she was flustered oh. and all over the place and like in and out of the hospital. And uh, the insurance company could have given a fuck, and of so course. I lost thirty grand because uh, because they could give a shit because my mom wasn't in the right state of mind and signed some papers. So I lost thirty thousand dollars. Oh which my is, god! Which was a year of her salary. Yes, you know, like, <laughs> so it's like it was like it, crazy shit. You know, they don't. No one wants to help. No, you know, and like, it's your just horrible. So... You were you and Henry were the first people I saw. You were the first ones down there. And, you know, when, after she passed away, but nobody wants to fucking help. No. Everyone's looking to rob you. Although I will say I did go to a good funeral home. 
Ked's funeral home. If you ever die in Tom's River, New Jersey, go to Ked's. <laughs> <laughs> what a plug. What a plug we got going on here. And also, I got to say, Ed, you produced the best funeral I have ever been to. And I will That was say a good-ass funeral. It was a good-ass funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember my cousin? Uh, who like I've barely talked to for years. She came in with her with her son, who I I really don't know that much. We've gotten closer since then, but they came in. They had this like they're like we are gonna release a butterfly. I uh, remember in, in Kathy's honor, and then it was just like this white moth that just like <laughs> it was a moth. flew like five feet because the kid had been shaking up the fucking box, <laughs> and it just flew like five feet and died in front of my mom's ashes. <laughs> You know, and it was one of those moments, too, when you're like, don't laugh. Please don't laugh. Please don't laugh. I just remember just sitting there trying desperately not to laugh. And I will say, man, we uh, we got very drunk in Mama Kathleen's honor. And yeah. I think that she would have been very proud with. Uh, I put on my at peace playlist. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we and we jammed it out and we had a bunch of beers and a bunch of pizza. I set off some fireworks after the funeral. I let some people make some speeches if they wanted to. There was a no pressure. I talked to the crowd. I let anyone talk if they wanted to. A couple people did. We lit off some fireworks and then we went down to the Seaside Heights boardwalk and fucking blew off a bunch of steam. Wow. And that was that was a lot of fun. Wow, that was that was and a then night. It, it was an interesting night. And I got some great forever pictures from that night, yeah. which is so nice. And uh, you know, and I'm so lucky to have you guys because I mean, so many people go through that alone. Most people go through that alone. Yeah. But I had like an army of twenty people there, and that was fucking so heartfelt. People from Florida flew up. It oh, was yeah. crazy. No, it was a beautiful thing. And so I'll never forget my friends for for that. That was beautiful. I love you so much. And if much, you want to hear all about it, I love you so much. You want to hear all about it, there's an episode of Roundtable Ooh, where we talk baby. about it right afterwards. What was it? Glenn Close to Your Heart. Go find that episode. <laughs> Ooh, where we, we all too. talk about uh, it's like the day after. Uh, it was like it was like the week after my mom died, and we did the episode. And it was just like, also that was my second TV gig was that week. Do you remember that? I like I literally put my mom in the ground and then had to go to Montreal oh and film God, roast that's battle. Right. And then they like made me, and then like and then like the warm up guy sucked, so I had to become the warm up guy. Yes. And I'm fucking, and I don't do stand up back then. And so all of a sudden I'm at Montreal Comedy Festival warming up the crowd in front of Louis C.K., which was an honor back then, and uh, <laughs> and and Whoopi Goldberg and fucking you know Jimmy Kimmel and Seth Rogen, and I'm just like I'm sitting there and I'm like I'm literally having the time of my life and then going back to my hotel room and crying, crying, it was and, a, crying it was a, and crying, crying. <laughs> it was the craziest experience. I'll never. There's not I, I, so I, I guess so few people will probably experience something like that. Yeah, yeah, because it's like because it not only was like was it I had to go do a TV show. It was like my first one, you know. So like in a foreign country, like I it was can't like, even, <laughs> like, I can't like, even, especially back then where it's just. I, I mean, even though what, what was it? that was five years ago, four years, four ago. years ago, which it's it yeah. feels like a lifetime ago. It does. It does. It's so crazy. But um, you know, honestly, I'm so happy this movie's fucking done. I really want people to see it. More so July than I 20th, want. the trailer drops. Yeah, 
the dry the, the trailer's gonna drop on July twentieth. The artwork will drop and and then I gotta wait, unfortunately. I gotta wait to start hearing back from these festivals, and that's gonna be like October. And so I'm not gonna be able to like until I find out if I got into these festivals or not, I'm not gonna be able to show this movie publicly. Oh. And so so hopefully I can get it out there before this fucking election because I really just want to show people how much this dude could give a fuck about us. I know we already we know do, that. But now this is even just a, it's a, even a whole it's an another aspect of how little he fucking cares. I mean, this is a guy, his casinos. He's a fucking first of all, anyone who runs a casino, you make money off of tricking people out of their money. Mm-hmm. So and now he's president. So that 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 alone is fucked up. But his brother, not to get too political, his brother died of alcoholism. You know, right? So his brother was an alcoholic pilot, which is a horrible mixture. Ooh. And uh, and he died of alcoholism. And then he gives away free booze to anyone gambling at the casino. Yep. That's fucking evil. Yep. You know, he's also sober. He doesn't, Trump don't drink. And so if you don't drink... And your brother died of alcoholism. You don't drink because of that. And then you give free booze to people who are like gambling at your casino. You go fucking kill yourself. I hate that. That is the most insane thing to me. So they make so they make worse decisions. So they don't think as much. Exactly. It's all the whole thing's a fucking ruse. And it's weird because like I've I've like people look at me as like a manly dude. You know, I like I, I get that a lot when I meet fans or like I meet people for the first time. They think I'm really manly and tough and, you know, and I, I have bad opinions. And but like the truth is, I hate fucking gambling. I hate football. <laughs> it's killing us. You know, you know, I don't want any part of these like weird cultures. And uh, well, I feel uh, that that's I, the old school idea of what, quote unquote, masculinity is, which is it is a very different idea of what the uh, of the only good thing about this year and, and, and where we are in society is that at least those ideas are starting to change as they fucking should. It shouldn't be mm-hmm. uh, it shouldn't be deemed masculine to to think that you just um that you give a fuck about football and that you have no feelings and that nothing ever bothers you and you just want to sit and watch ape videos, which I get you love the ape videos, but that doesn't do make you masculine. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody loves I, ape videos. They're powerful oh creatures. Jackie, I got to send you some more of these gator videos I've been watching. Please gonna... send us. I'd Send them out. Post the gator videos. We need gator videos right now. Gatorland, Savannah Bone, uh, she's my Hollywood crush. <laughs> uh, you gotta see, I gotta send you this video I saw the other day. She's like literally recording inside of an alligator pit and she's like walking around and these alligators are just slowly creeping up on her the whole time. And then like she fucked up and accidentally turned like the paywall on and she's just like, oh my God, I got a dollar! Aww. And like has no idea how it works and shit. Aww. But there's like alligators every like at her ankles. Like, oh my to, like, God! <laughs> I gotta, it's, uh, I gotta send <laughs> it to you. It's so it to intense. Me. You're gonna love it. I'm, You're gonna I'm go crazy. De- I'm absolutely gonna love it. I'm so excited. Yeah, so the Gatorland Vlogs. That's my plug for this Gator- show. Gatorland vlogs, all right. Gatorland vlogs, and what was the name of the funeral home? <laughs> Ked's. Ked's funeral home. And- Tom's River, New Jersey. <laughs> They'll give you a decent price. When you're putting that body in the ground. Well, thank you. On that note, we got to wrap up here. 
But yes. this was so, thank you so much, Ed, for joining me today and shooting. Oh, I got it. I forgot. I brought a, I brought something for show and tell. What I know there's no. Um, I mean, it's a. Podcast. I know there's no. I know it's a radio podcast, yes. but it's for you. But we could talk about it. Look at what I got. I see two bears dancing. Is it bear jerky? Weed bear grass fed beef jerky. Wait a second. Is it actual bear meat? No, 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 no. It's a, uh, I think it's just cows. It's just but weedy it's a, jerky. It's a bear dancing with an ox. What? The cover. Yeah. And it's 10 piece each. Hold on. Look at this. Are you holding so out a weed jerky from me? I mean, I'll give it to you next time I see you. Yes. Well, look at it. It's all one. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's all little nuggies that are all entwined together with some sort of intestinal casing. He's eating the weed jerky. We can't even. I, I knew it the second he pulled that out. It's like, how is he going to have one. it in front of him and not eat that weed jerky? All right. So now I'm I'm living in that and I can deal with the death of my mother. Now that I got this weed jerky in me. <laughs> I love you so much, Ed. I'm very envious I of your you, weed Jackie. jerky, and I hope to get my paws on it sometime soon. With Brighter Side, we always end with a song. Okay, what song would you like to end with? I, I've i been listening. Can I, can I do something off of my new playlist? Yeah, can a thousand percent. Please do. My new playlist is called Reflections. Okay. And it's basically... Uh, Look back at your life, man. You fucking see what you've done, and it's good. And the song I want to share with everyone, it's a song by the Hollies. I know you love the Hollies. I love the Hollies. But I don't think you know this song. It's called What a Life I've Led. And you got to check it out. All right. I'll I'll, I'll send it to you right after we hang up. I'll text it to you. Please do. But it's the best song. Listen to What a Life I've Led on my Reflections playlist, Ed Larson, on Spotify. Go check it out. I tweeted about it. I put it on my fucking bullshit. Go check it out. And thank you again, Eddie. I love you. You're so good at everything you do. I love you so much, Ed. And thank you again for talking real shit with me today. Ed Larson, host of The Brighter Side, trailer for his documentary coming out on July 20th. So look out for that. Is there anything else you'd like to plug? Nah, fuck it. Fuck it. Oh, a classy night in. Wednesday. Yeah! Yeah, we're doing Classy Night In. You, me, Henry, and we got to find two guests. Oh, so we'll find we'll two. We'll scrounge them up. Come join us on Wednesday. We do it every other Wednesday. Wednesday at 630. 6.30. 6.30 uh, uh, Pacific Time and 9.30 Eastern on the last podcast, Twitch channel. We love you guys so much. And hell, we'll talk to you soon. Be safe. Peace. Bye.
This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.